Good morning, all listeners. It's Saturday, September 2nd, 2023. It is 7.53 a.m. Pacific time, and this is episode 275 of Ball Talk with Boogie and the Baron. Ah, Boogie! And I am the Baron, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Saturday and happy September. And you know, happy college football. We have our first big week, big Saturday in college football. It's week one. There's so many games. And just like we've been doing these last few weeks, me and Boogie narrowed it down to our best four. Very excited to talk a little college football today. We will also go through uh, the baseball standings prior to. But uh, Boogie, let's kick it off. Boogie got some tidbits and some news and notes. What has happened in this past week? Man, it's been uh, pretty exciting news here. We've been looking forward to today uh, for all college football action this weekend. Uh, we got a Sunday lineup as well. Uh, but, of course, with our news and notes here, we definitely have to speak on this uh, again as everything has come uh, through here. Crazy stuff with college football. Now it has been announced the ACC has now have three more schools lined up for their conference. Uh, they have SMU, Stanford, and California all joining from the Pacific Coast Pac-12. There is only two teams left with Oregon State and Washington State. It's the Pac-2. Pac-2! Rumblings of what may happen to those two schools remains to be seen. Um, I know they talked about maybe a merger with... Uh, Creating a new Pac-12, potentially joining the Mountain West, or the AAC could also be an option for those two schools. At least we know we have a lock for who's going to play in the Pac-12 title game. I mean, here's the thing, too. It's not just about football. This is also going to change the strategy with also the AC. They may not uh, be able to compete as much with uh, their conference in in college uh, basketball. So. I mean, the way that it's set up, there's going to be a lot of intricacies for the scheduling, Mm -hmm. uh, the travel. It's going to be nuts. Um, You know, can you see Duke traveling all the way to California every year? Uh, Stanford. It's it's just it's just so crazy. Traveling is going to get expensive for these schools. I know that much. Yeah, and of course. Uh, with everything going on, we have to see what happens with Washington State and Oregon State. Uh, you know, obviously with Washington uh, no longer there and Oregon no longer there. You know, the rivalries for both of those uh, schools also with Washington State <coughs> and Oregon State respectively is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, they're the last two teams left in the Pac-12. Very interesting that now two teams remain in the Pac-12 only. Yeah, and I know Oregon State also is really uh, high on trying to keep the conference going. Yeah, I uh, read that. I, they're trying to acquire schools now. Yeah, so they're It'll trying to recruit. will be a five conference after that. It's just nuts. So we're looking forward to seeing what happens with that, but it's just unbelievable how uh, the scheme of things with college football and, and uh, of course, with all these conferences competing against one another, it, it, again, most likely down the road, I don't know, three years, five years, it's definitely going to be a huge difference between what it used to be. Uh, it's all about money. You know, we all know that. It's all about yep. money. Got to go where the money is. That's right. So that's one thing. Um, we also have a little NFL news. As Ooh, uh, we got one more week, baby. One more week. We've got some things going on in the NFL. A lot of a lot of players still uh, trying to recover from injuries. A lot of players, a uh, few players, I should say, still are uh, not happy with their contracts. 
Uh, speaking of which, Mike Evans now is looking to get paid or he is no longer going to be a Tampa Bay Buck after this year. So this could be his last year in the uniform. I saw that he's trying to make money. Chris Jones is in the same uh, boat with the Kansas City Chiefs, actually. And uh, yesterday, uh, Kelsey took to social media and was like, we need you just End your holdout. Let's go. I mean, so. it's all about that. That's why Tom Brady, TB12, was so special. Taking uh, pay cuts. He took pay cuts to build that team up, <laughs> uh, of course. And, you know, Bill Belichick was so great at that. He mm-hmm. would not be scared about, you know, cutting players that were had big egos. And, yep. uh, you know, I know that, you know, you got to figure out what's going on with your own personal situation and take care of yourself. Uh, but if you're looking for the chip... Yep. Sometimes being yep. selfish and selfless are two different things. Think about the difference. The big comparison over the years has always been Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady. I mean, those are like the two best quarterbacks in the league in the last, what, 10, 15, 20 years. And uh, Rodgers has one chip and Brady has seven. And the reason for that is he took lower money in order to build his team. Rodgers maxed out his cash value, had a weaker team, only won one Super Bowl. That's it. Simple as that. That's it. NFL starts on Thursday, book, So we're maybe looking at either a Wednesday night or a Thursday morning to go over all games week one. So we'll plan that out later in the week. So Looking and, forward to seeing that. Yeah. Lions, Chiefs, Thursday night. What else you got? Uh, Alabama finally made a decision with Nick Saban for the first time ever, Roll Tide, uh, not releasing his his starting lineup uh, (coughs) to the media, which was kind of weird. And I saw he was pissed off at his press conference, too. He was mad. Yeah, he was very pissed. He's like, you guys act like whatever we put on paper can't change. That's right. So with all the stars of Alabama, they're still laying 39.5 points today. But uh, the fact is, they finally made a decision with their quarterback. Uh, it will be Milrow uh, yeah. as their their new quarterback, but I bet he will be on a short leash. He played a little bit in mop-up time because they had Milrow, they had another kid, and then they got Tyler Boucher from Notre Dame. And Milrow won the job. He was Bryce Young's backup last year, and they had a lot of blowouts, so he actually got some time. He actually looked pretty good when he, when he played. And this is the youngest Alabama team we've seen in a long time, but... As you know, um, the names that we do not know on Alabama, let's just give that about six, seven weeks, and we'll know their whole team. Oh, you'll know them all right, for yeah. sure. I mean, they're one of the favorites to win this whole thing. You got anything else on the news and no side? Nah, man, we're good. I just wanted to make sure we uh, we, we uh, allow the public to know what's going on in the uh, today's sports world a little bit. I love it. Before we get to baseball. We got a four-pack of picks in college football today. We're going to do college football picks only no baseball on tomorrow's show, 276. We'll mix it up. We'll have um, a full MLB card as well as uh, three college games tomorrow, too. Triple header. So very exciting Sunday coming up. we got a big Saturday up front, though, and we're, we're diving into this, Boogie. You look at uh, look at these games, look at these teams in baseball, and, my, you know, these teams have all played in the vicinity of, you know, 135 games, so... I mean, we are in the last month of the regular season. And uh, breaking news, uh, Kansas City Royals, as of last night, mathematically eliminated Hmm. from the playoffs. So, we got 28 teams left for uh, 12 spots. And when you look at the spots, then when you start in the American League, it's more the same. But uh, it's, it's more that we talk about with this AL East as... Baltimore holds a slim one-and-a-half game lead over the Tampa Bay Rays. 
The Rays are 8-2 and two in their last 10. That's been a big help in trying to get them closer to Baltimore. They got a couple series coming up this month. Could be the deciding factor. But as we talked about last week, Baltimore or Tampa Bay, going to be the one or the four, and that is a big difference. Speaking of the American League East, I do have some news here on this. You know, right. I'm a big Yankees fan, being from New York, and uh, I've been watching this kid <coughs> for the last couple of years in the minor leagues. He was signed by the Yankees. Scouts were drooling over him at 14 years old. At 16 years old, he was signed to a $5.1 million contract. Jason Dominguez. Yeah, I read about him. Jason Dominguez. Has is he played be, yet? He played last night, starred as the Yankees pummeled the Astros last night, and Dominguez in his Major League debut hit a home run, and he is now uh, going to be the next <coughs> star. They have a guy on this team that's now nicknamed El Marciano. Uh, in like Spanish, that. that means the Martian. The Martian. They don't know uh, this kid, but they're going to know him real soon. Uh, the Yankees are now bringing up their young guys for the September call-ups. And this kid is going to be unbelievable. They're saying he's going to be the next Aaron Judge. He's a switch-hitting left, left, uh, lefty. And uh, he will be the outfield and the next coming guys. They got Pereira, Peraza out there as well. Okay. Uh, so we're looking forward to seeing some good things from them next year. So Yankees are building for the future. They are building. I, I don't like saying it, but... 66 and 69, 17 and a half back, double-digit games back of the wild card. A lot of injuries for the Yankees this year. I mean, 52 games we missed with Judge. I think that had a lot to do with it. Guys did not step up. Uh, Pitching fell apart. They did. Suspensions and injuries. uh, And that's why you're in the basement. In the basement, um, three three back of the Red Sox who are still uh, alive in the wild card race. I mean, uh, this this race is going to come down to Baltimore and Tampa Bay. Uh, winner of this division will be the uh, most likely, uh, depending on how the West does, most likely going to be the one. And whoever comes in second in this division is probably going to be the four. And then you look at the West, man, and it's much like last week. It is a log jam down there. It is now Mariners and Astros tied for the division with the Rangers one game back. It's crazy. Unbelievable. And we watched the Seattle team over the last couple of weeks. Uh, make their move. Obviously, we saw the struggles that Texas has had uh, in August, and this is where they are now, one game back. Yep. Minnesota's five up on Cleveland. Cleveland took two out of three from uh, Minnesota, and they've won three games in a row now. Coming into the weekend, five games back. Division's still very much alive in the Central. You never know what happens. Uh, I've seen a lot of strange things happen in September, Including a long, long time ago, the uh, Red Sox got caught by the Yankees in 1978. Mm-hmm. So we shall see what happens if Cleveland can catch Minnesota. Yeah, five games back. I mean, with 27 to play, still in the mix here. Um, when you look at the wild card standings here, there's really five teams for three spots. You can look at it that way. Rays have a stranglehold on the number one spot, so they're locked into the four seed. Their mission is to track down Baltimore, like I talked about. And then you have the two aforementioned AL West teams, the Astros and the Rangers, who are uh, all right there with Seattle as well uh, in the uh, five and the six spot. And then there's the cutoff line. And you look at the two teams that are right there is, well, Toronto's right there. They're one and a half games back of the Rangers. So they're on the outside looking in. 
Then you have the Boston Red Sox at six and a half back. Um, the Yankees would need a miracle, but the Yankees are single digits, nine and a half back with 27 games to go. You got to go about 25 and five. 25 and two. 25 and two. Got to go 25 and two. Um, they, they had a win yesterday. They're six and four in their last ten. Um, everybody else double digit games back of the wild card. So that's the AL side of things. You look at the NL, it's more the same. It's Atlanta and, and, and uh, LA, the top two teams. And uh, Atlanta is on fire yet again, winning five straight games, nine of their last ten, and they won the first two games in L.A. against the Dodgers in a matchup of the NL's two top teams. Atlanta is showing L.A. why they are in the number one spot right now. I mean, all it comes down to is those playoff matchups. As uh, They crawl over to the uh, end of the month, and what happens in the playoffs, we never know. Yep. Best team doesn't always win. This is true. Braves come in with a record of 89 and 45 today. Uh, a easy, easy win in the NL East for them as they have a 15 game lead on the Phillies with 27 to go. It's only a matter of time before they wrap that up. And the Dodgers are, they also have a stranglehold in their division, the 13 and a half game lead on the Giants and the D backs. Braves and Dodgers will be number one and number two in the postseason and get buys to the division series. To map out the rest of this chaos in the NL is a pretty wild central race as well as a good wild card race too. With the Milwaukee Brewers hold and serve 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, but right behind them, the Chicago Cubs have won 7 out of 10. They split a doubleheader yesterday in Cincinnati, and they now are 72-63. and 63. The Cubbies, 9 games over 500. Very impressive uh, mm-hmm. back half of the season run for the Cubs. It's been noted. I mean, they've made those moves. Cody Bellinger's batting 330. He's on fire. Resurgence year for Bellinger. They picked up Dansby Swanson. They got a nice little club over there. Uh, Justin Steele, their ace, is Cy Young favorite right now. Three and a half games back. And uh, then you have the Reds, uh, six and a half back of the division. So, looks like this division's going to come down to maybe the final weeks of the year. Um, Brewers are hoping to win this division yet again. That They have been a staple in the postseason every year. Uh, Milwaukee with their pitching, you know, and that's not a team I want to see in October with that three-headed monster in their rotation. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I mean, do you see a team like the Phillies or the Brewers or Cubs even catching the Braves or the Dodgers in the playoffs? I mean, that's that's a tough that's a tough out, but you never know. I mean, the Cardinals had done it in the past as the wild card, so we shall see what happens. I mean, I think anything could happen. I mean, just look at the NL last year when you had the five versus the six. Phillies and the Padres were the last two teams in, and they are the last two teams alive in the in the National League. Um, when you look at the wild card standings here, it's damn near every team still alive. I mean, you got the Cardinals and Rockies who are double digit games back of this thing, and then you look at the top half of it. The Phillies got a four and a half game lead on the you know for the first wild card, but then it gets a little tight. Um, Cubs right now are the five. You got the Giants and Diamondbacks tied for the six. The Reds are a game back. The Marlins are two. Padres seven and a half. Look at that. Pitt, I, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates uh, won four in a row, uh, only eight back uh, with the uh, Mets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Nationals eight and a half. So, I mean, eight back with 27 to play. It's a stretch, but, I mean, you just got to win win games. Uh, this wild card race is is crazy. It, we'll see. There's a little bit of space. Padres, Mets, Pirates, Nationals, those four teams Need a miracle, but 
Look, if you look at the rest, I mean, you you got like six teams for three spots right now. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, I think that it's going to be a fight between the Diamondbacks, the Reds, and the Marlins. I don't even think the Padres can catch any one of those three teams. Uh, but it is interesting to see uh, they are within a striking distance. But the way that the competition has been over the last month and a half, uh, especially since the All-Star break with the fallback of Arizona, and uh, the resurgence of San Francisco, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens that final week of the season. That's what's so wild about this Padres season. They're 10 games under 500, and they have a plus run differential. It's crazy. I mean, with all those hitters that they've got, they just could not pull it together. Um, obviously, pitching and defense typically wins. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes hitters, it doesn't matter. I mean, look what the Yankees, obviously. I mean, I know there's been injuries, but they've had a bunch of hitters. They just can't put it together. Their pitching has fallen apart again. Yeah, and and that's that's the key. You got to put it all together, especially in the postseason. Um, and that's what it's going to take to take down the you know the Dodgers and the Braves of the world um, on that NL side. Is you know, and why is that? Because they got strong pitching. Yeah, and that you need it all to come together. Because once you get into the postseason, anything can happen. You know, it just takes some luck. Um, takes some timely hitting, some good defense, and some pitching. That's it. And it takes a good manager to make the right decisions. Yeah, that's at right times. too. You know when to pull a starter, play matchups, go lefty on lefty. You know, there's a lot that goes into it, and that's why teams, a lot of surprising teams over the years have won the World Series. Very I mean, true. Yeah, last year it was the Astros, but like with the Phillies and Padres, and the Phillies getting to the World Series as a sixth seed. I mean, Nationals won the World Series as a wild card team. You know, it's. Anything can happen. Look, I mean, when you see all of the even Hall of Famers that the Atlanta Braves have had, with especially with their pitching over the years in the 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. and they couldn't put it together and they had one World Series win. I yeah. mean, that's what it comes down to. It, exactly. It's a special team, uh, and we uh, we shall see what happens. But it takes yeah, a lot. It does, and it, it's a whole team organization. It's not just the hitters or the pitching. Obviously, like you said, it's the management. It's the organization. It's to put these guys together. It's the camaraderie that these guys play together and want to win together. And uh, that's that's what's a special team to win a World Series. Yeah, I mean, you you can pretty much, if you to motivate your guys in the locker room, like in the clubhouse, I mean, if you think about it, if you're in the wild card round, you need 13 wins to win the World Series. It's a lot if of wins. You, if you get the bye into the divisional series, if you're a one or a two, you need 11. Right. So, I mean, just... Cross it out. That's you know it. what I mean? I mean, you gotta you got to win 11 or 13 games, which look at these teams now. I mean, teams that have won eight of their last 10, you do that in the postseason, you win eight of 10 in the postseason, you're going to have a shot. You string it together, you can come together, you mm-hmm. can win together. It's all about, you know, timing and, and what happens. That it's That's the big part. I mean, a lot of matchups today, you know, we, we'll dive into – Baseball for tomorrow's slate. I mean, we have a 9 o'clock Cubs-Reds game tomorrow morning, uh, 10 o'clock Peacock game. There's a bunch of stuff. Reds just picked up uh, ex-Yankee and uh, very tearful Harrison Bader. I saw that. He didn't even know what waivers was. Yes. He said he was eating lunch in the, in the locker room. And they and they said, hey, you were just put on waivers. And he's like, what's waivers? Yeah. You even know what it was? No, they actually even played him the day that they released him or put him on waivers. I'm sorry. And uh, the Reds picked him up. Uh, the kid's from Bronxville, New York. Uh, yeah. It was his dream to be a Yankee. He rooted for the <coughs> Yankees. Uh, I even read an article earlier this morning that 
he's hoping someday he can make it back to the team, uh, yeah. hopefully uh, sometime in the future. So, uh, you know, Harrison just – he had five home runs in nine games last year in the playoffs for the Yankees after picking him up at yeah. the trade deadline. So he was, he was solid. excited, solid. Uh, he just couldn't put it together. He had some injuries this year as well, and uh, his batting was down a little bit this year. So uh, Yankees decided to go with a younger uh, younger squad, bringing up these guys uh, to see what they got for next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, Harrison was uh, the, one of the guys that uh, had to take the falter for that. Nines are red. But, and then, and then here's the other side of that. The Yankees were never going to make the playoffs. Reds are sh- are shooting here for a wild court spot, so mm-hmm. hopefully he can help them out. Yeah, he's a hell of a player. He used to be in the Cardinals organization, so he goes back to the uh, NL Central Division to play right. for the Reds. And we have you know one month left in the season, so we will keep you guys updated on baseball. The big thing today is Week One in, uh, of college football. Um, we had a little tune up last weekend with seven games on a Week Zero. They had uh, you know we had you know handful of games last night, handful of games on Thursday. And this is this is the big day right here. This is the day where it's a full card, every team in action, um, and we we wanted to really narrow this down. I mean, you got you know you start off the day. There's about twelve nine o'clock games. Michigan's playing East Carolina without Jim Harbaugh. They're a five touchdown favorite. Probably could be a blowout there. Same thing with Tennessee. They let Tennessee plays Virginia. It's Virginia's first game since the uh, that uh, tragic shooting mm-hmm. with. Um, you know, their, their players and stuff. Hard on the sleeve there. Tennessee does lose Hendon Hooker, but sure. Milton, their backup of last year, mm-hmm. he is a stud, I oh. heard. So uh, 28 points there. That could be, you know, that those first two games are lay it or stay off. Boogie's first play, though, we have an early one. You, your first pick is going to be the big Fox Saturday kickoff game on Fox, 9 o'clock. They're doing the pregame show right now. Games in about 45 minutes. Colorado TCU at TCU. Probably the most anticipated debut in a decade in college football. And that's Coach Deion Sanders, who built up that Jackson State program into a SWAC power, gets the job at Colorado. <clears throat> Did you know that almost every kid, with the exception of five or six on the roster, transferred? He brought in his own players. He literally told everyone to hit the portal, and we're going to see what kind of product Colorado puts out there. TCU is coming off a national championship game beatdown of Georgia, 65-7. to They obviously lose Max Duggan, Kendra Miller, and Quinton Johnston. They're big three quarterback receiver running back uh, trio. However, Sonny Dykes and company has a great recruiting class. TCU is going to be right back into the thick of it as the number 17 team in the country starting out here. Boogie, what happens here today down in Fort Worth with TCU, who's going to be angry off that at national championship game beatdown, and Coach Prime's debut, man? Yeah, this is going to be interesting to see. I mean, I, I told you off, off show here, uh, everybody in the Big 12 welcomes back Colorado. But the fact of the matter is, man, Deion Sanders has made some big-time noise uh, and annoying a lot of these head coaches in this conference. Yep. Uh, so every team has their uh, their schedule. On their schedule has Colorado circled. Uh, he took a lot of players from the portal 
and uh, he's just basically uh, going to hopefully the whole revamp the whole thing. He's yeah. going to see what happens oh. with this Colorado team. But this defense is not very good. Uh, they did mix it up a little bit on on their on their offense, uh, but the defense is still not very good. TCU coming off that thrashing in in the title game against Georgia. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing them. You got Chandler Morris, who is the quarterback now for TCU uh, after Dugan leaves. And he, if you remember, he was the the starting quarterback until he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, so he's very primed to be able to come back in and he's a good player. very very good player. TCU laying twenty one. I look forward to seeing them score and score a lot against this bad Colorado defense. Uh, the Buffaloes should be in trouble on that side of the ball. I look forward to a high scoring game here. Uh, it's sixty four, and I think it's still going up. I like uh, the over 64 TCU Colorado. Look for TCU to score at least six to seven touchdowns themselves Mm -hmm. and uh, take care of business uh, with that total. That's Boogie's first play of four, everybody. Nine o'clock on Fox. Coach Prime's debut against TCU. Colorado TCU over the total 64 points. High scoring action in that one. As we go down the the list here, Boogie, uh, Brent Venables in Oklahoma, uh, his second year, their defense was abysmal, and he's a defensive coach. A lot of people are saying that defense is going to be the biggest turnaround in college football, hence why they're a five-touchdown favorite against Arkansas State today, who is miserable. Um, That's a favorite or stay-off game there. You guys are going to see a trend in these games today, everybody. A lot of ranked home favorites by three, four, five, six touchdowns here today. On week one, you know, these teams are just trying to come out of the gates hot, play a cupcake, and and, and get their, you know, momentum Momentum going. Um, Iowa plays Utah State. Caden McNamara in that game is is questionable. We're not sure if he's going to suit up. He did transfer from Michigan. Uh, Iowa last year, one of the best defensive teams and lowest scoring teams in the country. Look for a potential low scoring game in that one between those two football teams, as well as Ball State and Kentucky. Kentucky gets uh, NC State transfer Devin Leary to replace Will Levis. They should pick up right where they left off. They have a great defense, and they run the football. And as we've seen yesterday, these MAC teams that have been stepping out of conference in Week 0, Week 1, they're all getting blown out. They are. You look at Miami of Ohio yesterday. They got crushed. Um, every MAC school who's got Central Michigan got rolled by Michigan State. Um, that's a favorite or buff situation, but I also think that could be a low-scoring game. Um, this Liberty Bowl and Green matchup is interesting too. Liberty's actually playing their first game as a major D1 school, and Bowling Green wasn't all that great last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe a good opportunity for for Liberty to really come out of the gates hot, the same way Jacksonville State did. Right. Um, another low-scoring game I'm looking at is Fresno State and Purdue. Purdue has a lot of turnover with Aiden O'Connell. They lost him to the NFL. Fresno State lost Jake Hayner to the NFL. Um, That should be a defensive battle. There's been a lot of unders because they no longer stop the clock on first downs. That's right. Through the first, um, there were seven, four, and four. So through the first 15 games, we got about 11 unders and four overs. So games are going under now and take advantage of it cuz the books will capitalize and and the market will will even adjust out. yep um you look at SMU and Louisiana Tech we watched Louisiana Tech last week they had a comeback win against FIU honestly i was not that impressed with Louisiana Tech and you can tell neither was the books as they're a three touchdown underdog at SMU um northern illinois boston college is another matchup 
to look at, Akron and Temple. And now we move to your second pick. We finally made it down the list here. The Big Ten just signed a huge TV deal with CBS. So we're going to be seeing the Big Ten on CBS this year. This is the first Big Ten on CBS game. Ohio State and Indiana. Kyle McCord was just named the starting quarterback for the Buckeyes as he replaces C.J. Stroud, who is now the starting quarterback of the Houston Texans. Ohio State, in all honesty, that was the national championship game last year on New Year's Eve when Mm -hmm. Ohio State missed that kick as the ball dropped on the East Coast at midnight. They battled tooth and nail this Georgia team who beat TCU by 60 points in the championship game. C.J. Stroud coming out party. Big reason why he was picked second overall. They missed a kick, though, at the end of the game, and they lose a heartbreaker to Georgia in the semis, 42-41. First game since then, Boogie, and they are a 30-point favorite at Indiana, whom they beat last year, 59-7. Yeah, um, we got to go with Ohio State here. Lane the 30 on the road. Uh, you know, second season in a row now. No Michael Penix for Indiana, who was pretty exciting during those COVID times. Uh, but Ohio State, big time. Uh, they wound up losing last year, fifty-six to fourteen. Whoa. Indiana also went two and seven against the Big Ten, losing by an average score of thirty-four and a half points, basically. Uh, against the upper echelon conference uh, like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, they also lost by an average of forty-four to twelve. Uh, so give me Ohio State. Uh, yeah, no C.J. Stroud. McCord should take over and be able to handle business. Uh, Ohio State still has a bunch of trio of, of wide receivers, uh, including our star Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, he's got him for a future. Got a future on him. On a Heisman Trophy, hopeful. Uh, look forward to Bo- uh, Ohio State taking care of business today. Lay the 30 and uh, run to that window. Laying 30 on the road, Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr., I do have a future on him to win Heisman. Another guy I have future on to win Heisman is Michael Penix as well, and that's our next game. 1230 ABC, Washington hosts Boise State. This should be a really good Camping World kickoff game here from... Husky Stadium at Alaska Airlines Arena up in Seattle. Laying a lot of points, Washington. I'll be up in Boise next week when they play UCF. I'm excited to watch this Boise team play today. If they can compete with Washington, who has a high-octane offense, um, we could be looking at a really dandy live in Boise next week when they play UCF. Boise-Washington, though, two-touchdown favorite. That's tough. I lean the points there. Uh, Quinn yours and Texas host Rice. You know Texas has beaten Rice and covered against them every year in the past decade. That's crazy. Um, five touchdown favorite there, rightfully so. I think Texas preseason number 11. That is a favorite or pass game. Um, and we finally find my first play here, and it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin's the number 19 team in the country. I, t- I talked to you a little bit earlier about how these max schools are going on the road in week one against big power five competition and getting absolutely killed. Yep. I look for Buffalo to do just that. Uh, Wisconsin's got a revamped offense. They're going to be a little bit more throw. Same good defense. They can still dominate in the trenches. You know, you look at Wisconsin as a football program for the last several years. It's been run the ball and play defense, similar to in Iowa. But they got a good transfer quarterback here who can really sling it. I think Wisconsin's a really good bet today at home. Camp Randall, opening day, playing Buffalo, who's a Mac bottom feeder themselves. And I, you know me, I'm not big on laying tons of points, but this is one that I could not stay away from. Wisconsin 
Lay the 28 against Buffalo. They're going to kill them. Love it. Um, we got UMass and Auburn. We talked about this one a little bit mm-hmm. uh, last week. <clears throat> UMass uh, broke our hearts, and they beat uh, New Mexico State in one of our bets last week. And now they are a five-touchdown underdog at Auburn. Can UMass shock the world here? Uh, absolutely not. Um, Auburn will get smoked in this game, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what the final score really will be. Um, Auburn probably will win uh, something like 59-3. to um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a game that UMass uh, will get destroyed. They're on the road. Uh, good win for them last yeah, week. Yeah, very impressive. Uh, but this, First road win in, like, 24 tries. Yeah, I mean, we went against the trend there, or with the trend. With the trend and got burned. And got burned. So, obviously, trends are, are there uh, for a reason. Uh, they most likely will, again, continue that, those losing ways, especially with top-tier teams like Auburn. Uh, and look for a big-time win for the uh, Tigers today. Yep. South Florida and Western Kentucky, um, that is an over-lean. And I'm going to tell you this, with these two teams, I I read up on this. The last two seasons, these are the two best teams to the over in all of college football. Hence why the total is 70. It's crazy. That's going to be a shootout. Um, Cal and North Texas, they're saying Cal is going to be really improved this year. In the Pac-12, you don't um, like the Mean Green. I I would lean Mean Green as a home dog, but Cal North Texas is at one o'clock. We look. We have um, a second uh, second game for Caleb Williams and USC at three thirty. Pac-12 Network. Nobody can watch it, but USC is a thirty-eight point favorite. Um, Nevada, I think, is supposed to be very very bad, and you know you would lean over there. But here's the problem with that. San Jose State has a good offense, and they were able to score with SC, and we saw that they didn't cover a 30-point spread. That's right. They're only in 38 now. That's telling me that USC is probably going to score at will. <clears throat> I don't know how good Nevada's offense is. If USC's defense can hold them down, they could cover that. I mean, USC will probably score at least 54. So, I mean, you need two touchdowns pretty much from Reno, Nevada. And uh, if they can get it with that yeah. USC defense, the way they're kind of un- unstable, you might be able to get there with the window with the over. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, it didn't make my card, but be on the lookout for Texas A&M. New Mexico might be the worst team in Division One, And Texas A&M is a 38-point favorite down in College Station today at home. They are going to blow them out. Be on the lookout there. We know we love our Army Unders, Army and UL Monroe on the NFL Network at 4 o'clock. Triple option. Especially beneficial to that is the fact that they don't stop the clock anymore. Army can run the ball and have like a 12-minute drive themselves. Their defense is always good. And UL Monroe ain't nothing to ride home about. Mm -hmm. Be on the lookout for a low-scoring game there. And then, you know, you got Wazoo and Colorado State. Um, who could be in the same conference here coming up as Wazoo is one of the last teams remaining in the Pac-2. Um, Baylor returns Blake Shape in to play Texas State. Um, this is one of the games of the day, too. It didn't make our card, but UTSA and Houston, they played a classic last year, Boogie. I remember. Um, triple overtime. I remember we were at the office watching this game on television. Mm. It was incredible. They, UTSA returns Frank Harris. Um, Houston obviously loses Clayton Toon to the NFL, but uh, I'm sure they'll be competitive. That's one of the games of the day. Expect points in that one for sure. Um, 
We talked about how Alabama finally named their starting quarterback. And as they usually are, what are they, a freaking 40-point favorite today? Yeah, 39-and-a-half, so 40-point favorite. Uh, Milrow's error here with Alabama. We will see if number four can go ahead and take care of business against Middle Tennessee. Uh, and you will start finding names out with this Alabama team. They're just very young. Very quickly. Uh, very, very quickly. Happens every year with mm-hmm. Alabama. We don't know. This is one of the younger teams. And then about six, seven weeks in, you're going to know their whole team, and they're all going to get drafted. I move on to my second pick now, and Boogie, you said I was a homer for this one, but I don't think so. NBC 430. This is another deal. NBC is going to have night games now. This is a lot of fun. Lot And all these games we're talking about you can watch on TV with the exception of the Pac-12 Network. You have to have a special subscription, which is why the Pac-12 Network is going to go out of business. They suck. West Virginia is a three-touchdown underdog at Penn State, and I just want to tell you a quick little story about the Mountaineers here. They return all five of their offensive linemen, led by their center, who's a first-team preseason All-American West Virginia returns two of their top running backs. Wow. They are going to run the football. Their defense is pretty good. Penn State has a kid making his debut at quarterback here now. They got a running back that has drawing comparisons to Saquon Barkley Mm. for Penn State. But I will fade James Franklin in a big game all day of the week. They never cover these big games. Disrespectful giving me three touchdowns with uh, my mouth. You know I was on Penn State all last year. Well, I ain't on Penn State tonight. Right. That's disrespectful. They're giving my Mountaineers a three touchdowns. First time starting quarterback. Look for West Virginia to be able to move the ball. How about the over in that game? What is it? It's 48 and a half. Should be uh should be a bruiser. I mean, I think that's my second play, everybody. West Virginia getting 21 points. I think they're going to be able to run the ball with that experienced offensive line, control clock, and they'll be able to cover 21 points. That's my second play. Wisconsin and West Virginia, my first two. And we got two more plays left, Bugs. North Carolina, South Carolina, one of the games of the day. ABC, college game day is down there right now. Neutral site game um, down in Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Battle of the Kakalakis, North and South. Drake May and Spencer Rattler, what a quarterback Great matchup. matchup. Drake May, a Heisman hopeful this season. He threw up great numbers, uh, relieving Sam Howell of his duties at North Carolina. And Spencer Rattler probably had the best late-game stretch of any quarterback in the whole country. Lit up all these defenses um, to finish strong. Look for a good, good amount of points being scored in this game. Drake May and Spencer Rattler will battle back and forth two subpar defenses. North Carolina's been a walking over since Mac Brown has been there. Mm-hmm. Look for the over in that game potentially. But and and also uh Toledo and Illinois, that should be a good game. Toledo is said to be the best team in the MAC. I would lean the nine points there, but tread lightly, everybody. Reason being is that it's a MAC team going on the road against a power five, so be careful. But it's a Toledo or bust. But Boogie found something of gold. 4.30 on CBS. How about this CBS game tonight? Texas Tech going up to Laramie to play Wyoming. And a lot of people don't know this, but Texas Tech brings back a lot of talent, and they should be able to score points. Their offense is going to be electric, similar to the uh, offense that used to be ran by Graham Harrell, Michael Crabtree. Remember that? That is going to be how Texas Tech, they hum. They're going to be humming. Yeah, look for Texas Tech. Possibly to be this year's, last year's TCU team. Uh, not calling them to go to the championship yet, but uh, watch out for them. They're coming off an eight and five season, 
five and four record in the Big 12. They should have no problem with Wyoming today. Uh, we're laying 13 and a half points. I'm buying it down to minus 13. Uh, there's going to be, uh, I think they should be, honestly, they should be uh, probably about a 20, 21 point favorite here. Going by three touchdowns. Yeah, they should be able to take care of business. Taj Brook returns in the backfield. Uh, he had a nice junior season last year. Uh, they also have a trio of wideouts, seniors, Miles Price, Xavier White, and also transfer Dre McCray. Uh, look for them to score at will. Wyoming does not play good against non-conference opponents. They were 1-3 last year. And uh, look forward to seeing Texas Tech take care of business today over Wyoming. There it is. Texas Tech laying 13. Boogie's third play. My third play and Boogie's fourth and final play are the same team. 5 o'clock ESPNU. A really good group of five matchups. South Alabama and Tulane. With Houston and UCF leaving the AAC and going to the Big 12, this is Tulane's conference to win. They return Michael Pratt. Tulane, if you remember, defeated USC in, the, in one of the Power 5 bowl games yes, last year. Yes, I do. South Alabama returns almost everybody, though. And if you remember, South Alabama uh, upset UCLA with DTR on the road. Uh this is going to be a really good game. South Alabama favorites in the Sun Belt. Tulane favorites in the AAC. This is a week one matchup of powerhouses of two teams that should win their respective conferences. I think this is a battle, and Boogie and I are on the same page here. Six-point underdog South Alabama. I think they hang tough, and they can cover that number. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a little surprising to see what Tulane did last year uh, upsetting USC in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, of course, you also have, though, this South Alabama team coming off a 10-3 uh, season last year. Tulane no longer has star running back Tajay Spears, uh, who was about 80% of their offense last year. They do have uh, returning quarterback Michael Pratt. He should be able to move the ball, but I like South Alabama giving me the six points uh, over Tulane today. Yes, sir. Take the points. Potential upset material. South Alabama can win that game. And you know the drill. When you think they can win, take the points. Take the points. Old Dominion, Virginia Tech, in-state rivalry should be a low-scoring game, so look out for that. Also, BYU should beat the snot out of Sam Houston up in Provo tonight at 7.15, late night. But I got a late-night special for everybody. Oh, Grayson, Grayson McCall returns as a starting quarterback for Coastal Carolina. Boogie and I have made a lot of money in the last three years with him being the starting quarterback of Coastal. Remember they had that year they almost went undefeated. Mm -hmm. The teal is real. They play UCLA, who's replacing pretty much everybody. Chip Kelly has a high-octane offense and a very bad defense. This should be a high-scoring game, but I don't think UCLA can stop Grayson McCall. I think Grayson McCall can really cook today and potentially upset UCLA, and you're giving me 16 points with the Chanticleers. That is my last play on the board. 7.30 ESPN, give me Coastal Carolina, plus 16, and that transitions. That's our whole card, and that transitions into, into best bet. That is going to be my best bet, Boogie. The Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, Plus 16 at UCLA, late night action. You can wait all day for it. Barron's best bet, Coastal Carolina, plus 16. Boogie's blockbuster best bet for big time Saturday today. Texas Tech, minus 13 points over Wyoming. Uh, this game is going to be taking care of business early and often with that aerial show. Uh, look for the Red Raiders to take care of business in that aerial attack with quarterback Tyler Shaw. Set to start and uh, look forward to Wyoming not being able to keep up 
Give me Texas Tech and lay the points. You got all day for best bets, guys. The Texas Tech game's at 4.30 on CBS, and the Coastal Carolina game is at 7.30 on ESPN. Boogie's card to wrap up here. Colorado TCU over 64. Ohio State minus 30. South Alabama plus 6. And best bet, Texas Tech minus 13. My four-game card, Wisconsin minus 28. West Virginia plus 21. South Alabama plus 6. And best bet, Coastal Carolina plus 16. Go grab all eight of those games. You'll probably go 7-1, 8-0. We're rolling. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow for episode 276. Bearing out. Boogie out.